Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Ty Bubba Horowitz with you. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday. It's the jobs day. It's the old whack them around, uh, BS, push them, do them, whatever. And, of course, you know, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, watching some of this stuff, just kind of makes you want to puke you know if you listened or watched any of the news cycle yesterday uh, the pundits were drooling all over the the first of all it was the markets are down oh my god they're gonna get crushed i mean they were down about one percent i mean geez louise is that really something to get so excited and so upset about really is that what we've come to now that we need to press earn press the ratings by talking about a the the major crisis of down like i said less than one percent i mean you know between the the trade war tariffs and the uh and, and what's going on i mean again first of all this overhyped media crap is really just pathetic you know we've come down to you know in general the media first of all you have to be on the left or the right okay now you know first of all that's that that's problem number one you know we should always want to be on the best side which is whichever is best for the country but now we we continue to hear you know, depending on what station you watch. But they made this market out like it was collapsing. I mean, you know, it's interesting. And, you know, when you look at the bigger picture, okay, and this is the the important part. When you look at the bigger picture, on Tuesday, the market was down about 400 at one time or whatever, or maybe five, I don't remember exactly, but it doesn't matter. And the VIX was exploding. It was it was at you know up maybe five bucks, okay, which is a very big move for a fifteen dollar index. But it is a it is an index that does create and have some volatility, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. Hence the volatility index. But on Wednesday, volatility got crushed, which makes sense. The markets rallied. Now yesterday, at the at the height of the market. Okay, with volatility, with the markets down almost 300. Did you realize the the VIX was only up 50 cents? So that in itself tells you that the selling yesterday was just based on selling. It had nothing to do. There was no fear in the market. There was nothing to, 
to think about. There was no no real major issue. All right. Just simply the markets were selling off. And I mean that you know believe it or not that does happen. Markets do sell off. It I know it's hard to believe after after 10 years of watching this bull market, but they actually do sell off a little bit. But to make such a big deal out of a 200 point move is like my god, don't you have a life? And and so you know, when you look at the big picture, the facts, okay, is there a trade war? I don't know. I don't think it really matters. Again, when it all comes down to it, okay, we are the most powerful nation in the world. We are the richest nation in the world. And we are going to get somewhat close to our way. But at the end of the day, okay, they, they want to create such potential havoc based on what's going on in the market and based on minute to minute. And that's one of the things I think that has really hurt the long-term investor is if you're a long-term investor, you should not be worried about what's happening minute to minute. Okay. What you should realize is that the markets are in a consolidation pattern, which is what we've said for about three weeks and that they're going to do this back and forth depending on how wide the range is. And the range is pretty wide. Okay. I mean, we broke down and made lows on in February. We tested those lows or got close in, in, in April. We went up and made recent highs. And now we're just kind of churning between the highs and the lows. And I don't see anything that, that, that either excites me to want to buy this market or excites me that I want to sell this market. And obviously, I would love to find a reason and a way to get to the short side of this market. Okay. However, I'm not going to force the overall action here. I'm not going to, you know, make sure that I, 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 I push myself into a bad position just because I want to be short. I mean, we have to let the markets trade. And there's a very real, looking at yesterday's volatility, there's a real, a very real chance that the markets could test highs. Now, Again, I'm just right now we remain in our position of neutrality. We're observing the market, knowing that it can churn like this and make these whipsaws back and forth for an extended period of time. We don't know when this will end. Okay. I mean, it, it could end Monday, it could end today, it could end next week. Nobody knows. Okay, there, there's no way to know. All, all we know for a fact is that the market's consolidating and that, <coughs> excuse me, and that there's nothing really to get overly excited about in this market. Now, again, if you're looking at individual issues, you know, for example, we had Dick Sporting Goods this week. You know, it was up huge. We were short Lulu. <laughs> it was up huge. Now, we didn't take a big short. We have a, a, a position on, but... My point is, is that you want to look for individual indices or individual stocks that are giving you a reason to either get long or get short. You know, now, if you're really a, somebody who's bearish and you want to get short the market, well, don't just short at random. What you want to do is you want to look for stocks that are weaker in this stronger market and look to short those. 
again, if you're going to try to outguess or outsmart the market, you're going to outguess your bankroll. You're going to outguess your money. And again, that to me is is the bigger tragedy. Okay, because you're going to put yourself in a position that you're not going to be able to get out of, and then you're going to have to make that big decision, and you're going to lose your ass. And that is why we continue to tell you that let's not, you know, try to outguess or outsmart the market today. There's no reason when the market gets into a trend and we can identify, we will look for things to buy and sell. All right. And we will put ourselves in a position that the market movement will favor us. But until that time, why should we get so crazy? And again, why should the 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 pundits get so wacko? I mean, it just again, I find it in in, in I actually find it in bad taste, and I think that it's it's trying to create something that or where there is nothing. But in the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and of course. Um, we want to remind you to go to libertytalk.fm and download the show each and every day. Help us reach our goal of a million downloads a month. As well as don't forget about the Sporting Edge on the weekends with the uh, NBA final starting and the and the Stanley Cup. And of course, don't forget to get Bubba's daily update, which is available to you free. All you have to do is go to bubbatrading.com and sign up for it. No credit card, nothing required. In the meantime, we're going to step out for a break. We'll be right back with more of the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, the Bubba Show, coming right back to you. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And of course, as you know, we've been, you know, trying to stay short the oil markets. As you know, we believe that the tops were put in. As you know, we were pretty nervous about a week ago when we had had to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Uh, but fortunately, that line never came into play, and uh, you know that's kind of uh, kind of caught a break. And now we're working our way lower, and uh, so now we look at the the oil markets, and we're now in the in the uh, the sixty sixes, and we think we're going a lot lower. Now again, that doesn't mean there won't be a rallies. I mean, you saw that rip your face off nasty rally on uh, on uh, Thursday. Well, I guess Wednesday. And then Thursday, they tried to rally. You know, they were way down. They came all the way back, and then they collapsed. Again, I think that's just what you look for now. I think this is, again, the the changing of the guard, the turning over of a chart. This is the, the you know, the, the, the this this is after the big rally. The, this The rallies now are, or when they sell off, this can't be right. They're not supposed to be going lower. And, again, all the oil bulls will be trying to get you to buy more. And, again, I'm not saying they can't go up. Again, remember, I never say never that it can't. But it certainly looks like oil is going to collapse right now. It certainly looks like it's it's headed significantly lower. Now, it has all the workings of a, a any market panic that rallied them up for no reason. And now they're going to break. Now, again, when you look at how much inventory there is from a fundamental standpoint, I mean, you got to wonder, how could it be this high? I mean, based on the amount of inventory we have, oil should be at $9. (laughs) But it's not. So, you know, this is the OPEC, the Saudis, 
the Iranians, Venezuelans, all those guys, they don't hold the same power today that they hold that they held back in the day. Because we have our own oil now. We are capable of putting out enough oil for ourselves. So it is not something that we should be overly concerned with because right now the markets are telling us that the oil wants to go lower. And there should be, again, there should be no reason for a big up move because there should be not the fear that we are seeing in, in the markets now really should not be there because there really is no reason to have any fear because the the fear is gone i mean again there's one thing if when there, there's fear when you have to uh you know be concerned that, that you won't have inventory but we've got inventory we've got all the inventory we could possibly want so certainly there should be no concern here, and we would look for oil to continue to work its way lower. Again, I, I would not be surprised to see in the 40s this year. Okay, but we'll see. Again, I don't typically go that far right now. I'm, I'm targeting uh, the low 60s and the high 50s, and so, but we may work our way down there. But when we go back to to the the the, the trade war talk, I think. This is one of the mistakes that everybody makes. Everybody wants to listen to the news. Now, now first of all, if, we, if we've learned nothing since the election, we've learned that the news is biased on either one side or the other or one product or the other. And certainly the commentators that, that come on or the guests that come on are biased as well. Okay? I'm going to say that honestly... I'm one of the few, if not the only. First of all, I'm the only independent trader that goes on air. So I don't have a book of business I'm trying to push. Okay. But I give you what I see. I don't try to give you anything else but what I'm actually seeing. All right. And I will tell you straight out. I mean, you know, if I think the market should be bought, but I'm not buying it, I'll say, hey, this is a buy spot. I'm just not buying it. But my, my simple point is, is that, you have to be very selective, but you really should take the time to look at the chart. Now, it's very interesting, you know, a stock like Micron Technology, MU, Michael Uniform. I had one of my one of my people loved the stock, and and I listen, I have nothing wrong with that. I think the stock is fine, okay. But it was rolling along, singing a song, and and I I had sent this person an email the other day, and I said, did you at least Take the time to roll your options and lock in some of that profit because because Micron did go from uh, it went from fifty five I think or so uh, to uh, I don't know sixty five almost maybe okay made a nice move it went from it actually went from the bottom of forty five but but I know he got involved at about fifty five it went to sixty four and then all of a sudden it dropped okay. Now, again, I'm just saying that what you need to do is you always need to look at the chart. You need to look at what's going on so that you have a feel for what the money and the action is telling you, not just simply 
to be blindly buying because some jackass on TV says this is the greatest. Okay. I mean, you know, on, on all the things we've ever watched, you know, you can only go back, you can go back to Kramer and Bear Stearns back in 2008. Bear Stearns is fine. That was the weekend before they went out of business. All right. Again, if you remember that most information out there is really out there to get you to react to news in some way, shape, or form. Okay. That's number one. You don't get that from me. I know I'm not trying to make you react to anything. Okay. I just want to give you the pure facts of what I see, which again, does not make me a hundred percent right, but I'm giving you a straight opinion based on nothing other than what the church is. But you have some of these major big calls that are made are typically made for the, just the one reason to push the markets in that direction so that the person, the, the firm that made that recommendation can get out of their position and get to the other side. Okay. So they're creating their own spoofing market, which happens all the time. Again, this is not new. This is not the, the, the something brand new from uh, from uh, you know that just happened. This has been going on since probably 300 BC. We all spoof somehow, but you have to to be able to have the ability. And you don't have to be a professional chart reader, but you should be able to go look at it and say, "Hmm, does that look good?" And and just out of curiosity or just out of a little bit of a homework assignment for you over the weekend, just go take a look at the chart of, of MU micron, you know, and look at it where, how it went up. And again, I have no problem with it went up. And again, I don't see any problem, but see that there was a, a, a gap about a week ago and then it went straight up and then it just fell apart. Now it's probably going to come down to that 56 level and probably be a reasonable buy. But when you look at a chart, you got to look at it. If it's going straight up, do you really want to buy something that's going straight to the moon? I mean, unless you're a momentum trader, and I would say most of you are not. I'm not a big fan of, of momentum trades to begin with. But in the end of the day, you would look at that and say, okay, so maybe I should wait for a better entry or a better opportunity. The same thing occurs on the way down. Okay. You know, when the markets are collapsing, Okay, and you're having a major meltdown, you never want to panic, puke, or short into that pattern because more than likely there's going to be a move in the other direction, usually a rally, that again, it may not turn around completely, but more than likely you will get an, a better opportunity to get out of a long position that you're nervous about or get into a short position, which you want to get into. But you you have to be patient enough to let the market do its thing, to let the market work so that you can say, hey, this is it looks like a much better entry. And sometimes you'll miss the entry, and you know what? So there'll be the next trade. Or if not that one, there'll be a trade after that. So don't force yourself to make bad decisions. Okay? That's really more of the key. Patience will win out 
allowing yourself to see the right picture is better. And this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz, and Liberty Talk FM is where you go to download the show each and every day. Help us get to our goal of 1 million downloads a month. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to download The Sporting Edge as well, and we will step out here for a break and be back with more of The Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And uh, so we've covered a lot of the world's, the media problems and the, the, the problems out there. But let's talk about the trade wars a little bit now. Okay. I've said this from the beginning. I continue to say this. They don't mean jack. There is no reason to be worried about this trade war. This is not Smoot-Hawley. This is not any other trade war. This is Donald Trump, President Donald Trump saying, look, we're the biggest, we're the most powerful. You want to do business with us, you're going you're gonna to quit screwing us. And I have no problem with that. Now, all of these countries, they can do what they want. They can talk their rhetoric all they want. They need us more than we need them. So... That is the first story of the trade war. But the real story, which is what we always talk about, is just look at price action, okay? If there was such a major concern about the trade wars, do you not think that the markets would not be collapsing? If we were so worried about it, where is the panic from the actual money, okay? Money what they say, the money is the root of all evils. <laughs> money tells us, always tells the story. Okay. So if, if the markets are not collapsing, first of all, in equities, but more importantly, if the grain markets are not collapsing, then why should I be worried? Okay. I mean, let's look at the grains. They're up huge for the year with the exception of soybeans, which was one of our concerns. But those are the products that would be most affected by these trade wars. Okay. These are the products that would have the biggest amount of problems here. But yet, here they are selling off. And then, by the way, last week I wrote in my weekly uh, ag, ag update, okay, for my subscribers, 
to expect a sell-off in wheat, corn, and soybeans. It wasn't a hard call. It was going back to what we talked about last segment in Micron. Look at the chart. We were overbought pretty much across the board in the grain markets, and they figured to get a sell-off. So what? Okay. Now, what's next? Well, now they should be near areas where they're most likely going to hold. Okay. And, and if they don't hold, then we'll have to look at possibly become some concern. But if you look at corn, for example, which was under 340 and now is around $4, okay, you know, that's a pretty good move. Okay. And certainly a lot better than a lot expected earlier. Now, the meats, okay, which I don't think are, are as affected. I mean, especially because the biggest pork producer in the world is a Chinese company, Smithfields. But, okay, the meats had a disastrous day on Thursday. Again, not surprising. I texted my subscribers to expect some selling pressure. Now, did I, could I say they were going to go down as much as they did? No. I don't know how far they're going to go down. But I know that I'm looking for them to go down farther so I can find a spot to buy them again. So that is certainly, uh, I'm not surprised. Again, I never expect one-day wonders. Uh, I look for spots I'm looking for, and I figure it takes, you know, however long, a week, two weeks, a, a, a day. But that, the, the, my whole point here is that price action gives you the answer. Prices and money dictate whether or not this trade war is a problem. So as I look at the equities, as I look at the products that are most affected by these trade wars, I don't see anything. I don't see anything that would make me afraid or make me want to panic or, or scared. And there, to me, in lies the bigger problem. This is where we, as traders and investors, get too wrapped up in, in old news. Remember, somebody knew that announcement that was coming out with the trade wars or the tariffs uh, yesterday long before, long before it hit the actual tape where everybody else could see it. As I've told you many times, the big, big banks and big firms have many people scouring the tapes for news. So they're ahead of the news, the news cycle. <clears throat> they get it first. You know, I don't know if you're aware of, but a lot of big information, now obviously surprise, you can't do anything about a surprise. But regular information, regular reports, especially the big ones, the media is given a head start so they can build their stories. So, for example, if the Fed... You know, if if the jobs number is going to be announced at 730, the people who are in the room probably know at 715 what's going on. Did you ever notice how you get a lot of action before the number? Do you think that's purely happenstance or do you think somebody's trying to play the number ahead of time? I mean, me being the conspiracy theorist I am, to me, that's somebody trying to play the number ahead of time. Okay, and I believe and I have some factual evidence of that, but they're supposed to leave all their electronics behind and supposed to not have any ability to to out to communicate to the outside. But 
again, we just never know for a fact. But, you know, because if we know that one of the Fed governors was giving information to a hedge fund ahead of time. But again, so that news was already prayed out and the markets did not collapse. So the trade war, again, is just another noise. It's, it's you know, it's like New Year's Eve with the, the poppers. Just making noise. Okay. If the market was concerned, you would know if there was a problem. And it's obvious that the markets are not concerned. So we finished the month of May up, you know, across the board. The Russell continues to make new highs. Now, again, the Russell does make sense because if there were something to these trade wars or tariff talk or whatever, well, then the Russell would be the place to be because the Russell is U.S. companies not affected by trade wars, not affected by what's going on overseas, blah, 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 blah. So you would believe that that would be okay the case. So, But if it was really scaring people, then most likely they might not be investing at all. Now, we have seen a fall off in the bond market. Uh, you know, the bond futures have sold off. I mean, excuse me, the bond futures have rallied and interest rates have come down. But I think that this is like no other, no, like any other market. You had a big rally in interest rates, and now you're getting a sell-off. And the question is, is where does it stop? And then when does it reverse? Because we we maintain our views that the black swan event of this market will be interest rates and the U.S. dollar, and 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 it's funny. As, as 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 pundits were talking about how much the dollar was selling off yesterday, did anybody realize that the dollar had just gone up, straight up from from eighty eight uh, in March and April to ninety five? Did we not say on this show that ninety five would probably show some resistance? So. Here it is, a natural order of resistance in a natural trade, but yet everybody wants to make it into, oh my God, what a crisis, too strong of a dollar. And, and, and furthermore, what the hell's wrong with a stronger dollar anyways? You know, I never, and again, I'm not an economist. I don't even try to play one on the radio, all right? But I don't understand where... If we devalue our dollar and get higher exports, it's actually good for us. I mean, is it better for me to get a dollar devalued at, let's say, 50% of value and sell $2 million, Or is it better for me to sell a million at the, at, a, at the correct value? I don't know. You tell me. Because I, I don't know the answer to that. I, 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 I do not, repeat, do not understand this fancy accounting, uh, which, again, <laughs> you know, depending on what you're looking at, very, 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 very fancy stuff going on, as always. And, and, and I certainly uh, don't understand what these guys are, and gals are looking for. This is the one thing about these economists that make you want to puke because they are, they are as clueless, as they say, as that on a bull. 
and it, it just it, it just not logical. Their talk and their conversations about what is supposed to happen is never logical, in my opinion. Okay, and and and, and I just don't get it. Uh, I I don't see it. I don't understand it because it's just to me, it just seems dumb. But in the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, you know, we have our high school investing program, and we're coming to our eighth year now and uh, need some capital. Otherwise, we're going to have to shut it down. Uh, you know, if you'd like to help us out, you can go to uh, Patriot, P-A-T-R-I-O-T dot com forward slash Bubba Trading, Patriot.com, Bubba forward slash Bubba Trading. Uh, check out the website if you want, highschoolinvesting.com. In the meantime, don't forget to download the show every day at libertytalk.fm, and we'll be back with Jane King after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, with the one, the only, the unbelievably talented Jane King, Lila Max Media, and the Kaching Report. What's up, Jane King? Hey, Todd. Looking forward to the next podcast. Because you are the guest, and it's been done, and we're going to release it this week. So be sure to get it out there because it's great stuff. Oh, I can't wait! I'm ex- I'm excited because it was a lot of fun doing it, and it was int- always interesting to you know do these and, and again trying to help educate people. And it's funny because they keep talking about you know on uh, when you hear some of them talk on on air that we don't get enough education in schools, and yet we we don't do anything to get more in there. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, well, there was actually um, a study. Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold. There was a study out this week that it's not just the U.S., but globally, people are just unprepared for retirement. I mean, there was some brokerage firm that did this online study, asked five questions. Um, I'm not sure it was super scientific, but still, they talked to thousands of people, and they didn't know just the basic things about investing and saving and how much retirement was going to cost and so uh, this is shaping up to be a, a global problem, not just in the U.S. No, it is a global problem. So when we look at the the, the bigger picture, yeah, most people are not prepared. But but again, and, and what I don't understand, Jane, is it's so easy to prepare young people, but of course the old people that are teaching them don't understand it either. So how do we get everybody educated? That's that that's the key. It's got to start with the, I guess, the parents and the teachers. And then get down. But, you know, many people are, are very stubborn as to the way because, you know, these are the way we've always done it. So why would I change now? What do you think? Well, I think there's a couple things going on. First of all, there's not a lack of information. I mean, if somebody really wants to know, we just go online and, and you can set up something. So I think I feel like there's a lot of um, intimidation. I feel like there's a lot of people who think I don't know how to do it. I don't want to lose all my money. Um, or they think I don't have enough money, uh, you know, to even start, which is, you know, you can start for a hundred dollars a month. I mean, even less than that. Um, I would actually, if there was somebody young, um, just starting out saving, I would say go to a robo advisor and just, they'll take as little as five bucks a month, even though I think you should put away more. But, um, but if that's all you got, that's all you got. It's something. It's better than a lot of people are doing for sure. So most people are doing zero. So 
Um, I would say go to RoboAdvisor until, you know, you have a nice little nest egg in there and then you can get some specialized advice on it. But I think, you know, I, I think that they should just start. I mean, that's the thing. You just start and it's better than nothing. I feel like there's this pressure. Like I got to find the perfect investment advisor and I don't want to lose my money. And I'm afraid that, you know, I'm not going to. Um, you know, maximize my savings. And of course, we've got the student loan debt issue, which is an enormous problem. Um, so that's preventing a lot of people from preparing. It's just, it's going to be a huge mess someday, I think. And when a lot of these people start retiring, they have no money. No, I agree 100% with you. I think that, uh, you know, people just, again, it, it really, as you just said, 5 10 $20 a month, whatever it happens to be. But, you know, I, yeah. tell, my, I, I tell my kids, one less beer a week and one less Starbucks a week, that's about 100 bucks a month. You can go put that right away, and, and, and you'll be a lot happier than the beer and the coffee when you're, when you're 45 or 50 if you take care of it now, won't you? Well, oh, absolutely. And then, and, and you think about what that gets you. I mean, it's not just money. But it's it's freedom. It's the ability to say to a boss that's abusive, you know, screw you, I'm leaving. Or, you know, it, it's it's the ability to, you know, take a class and improve your skills. And I mean, there's just, it's, it's freedom. I mean, you're really, you know, buying freedom. And I think, you know, that's so important. That's what I try to teach my kids. I just couldn't get them to quit buying so many video games well, they'd be know, in good shape but you know what it's okay if you buy video games if you're putting money away so you can do a little bit of both right i mean again i just like i said i tell my kids you know one less trip to starbucks a week and one less beer when you're out i mean if you have five beers or seven does it matter why don't you take only a five and put the two, you know put two away and put it in the bank but in the, in the yeah. go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no, I was going to say, and I try to tell them, so they'll be like, I want this little, you know, whatever, extra thing in this game, and it'll be like four ninety nine or something, and it goes to my debit account, and so we'll, we'll add them up at the end of the month, I'm like, here's how much you spent, and so now, and they'll give me money for most of the time, although sometimes I see the charges show up and they don't give me money, <laughs> but um, they're little sneaky guys, so then... Um, you know, I asked them, uh, you know, what about that last thing? How much did you actually use that? And do you still use it? And is it just like sitting there taking up space? So I try to get them to think long term. Like, do I really need this extra thing? You know, you try. I listen, it's about, <laughs> all you can do is, is to try. And, yeah, okay, so I got, I got two big problems, Jane. I, my first big problem is I'm, I'm so just depressed at listening to some of the commentators talk about the trade wars and what's going on. And I go, there's no big deal. If there was a big deal right now, then the markets would be going down. The, the, the commodities would be collapsing and they're not, they're all much higher than they were than this original conversation started. And they're only having a little bit of a natural sell off, which you would expect some people to take some profits or to lock in some profits at some point. And mm-hmm. so I have, what, what are your thoughts that am I, am I nuts or, 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 or do you agree? <laughs> No, well, there's definitely an alarmist. Um, you know, I read, you know, even on some of the conservative media websites, um, your Harley is going to cost more and ready to pay more because of Trump. And I'm like, okay, everybody just calm down. I mean, how many people are really actually out there buying Harleys to begin with? And how much more is it? I mean, is it $100 more? Is it double the price? I mean, what, what I really think that and, and I was listening in the radio on the way into work this morning, another report about it. And what they didn't say in that report that they should have said to help Americans make a more fair judgment about what's going on here is what, like, for instance, you know, cars that are sent here from China, what are what a tariff are they charged versus what we are charged when we sell cars to China? 
So I, I think, you know, a lot of stories leave out some of those details that illustrate exactly what the reality is of this. And then the second thing I'd really like to know is, because I know that the Trump administration has been negotiating with Canada and Mexico and the European Union to try to avoid this. And I really want to know what those negotiations contained. I mean, they're, you know, probably not public, but, um, you know, I want to know how serious they were and what did the U.S. offer and what did the EU offer? And um, because everybody's just kind of, I mean, this is, this is where we are now. We've got a bunch of people who are in charge of the world who like, you know, baby boomers who came of age like in the 60s and 70s and they're just making these decisions and and I just I don't think they're the right decisions for the world. I think we need to readjust these trade agreements. We probably should readjust them on uh, you know every 5 to 10 years um to accommodate for new technologies and new economic realities and you know it's just an adjustment. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but these things need to be reworked every once in a while. Okay, my second question is is the jobs, I think, stink, okay? But again, the wages aren't going up. But the bottom line is we keep hearing everybody say, but there's we get millions of jobs that we, we have, but they can't be filled. And they can't be filled because most people aren't trained for those types of jobs. The people that need the jobs right now are not trained for those jobs. So those jobs are going to remain open until the workforce catches up. And I think that I, I don't like the way that all sounds because they, they make it sound like the economy is so much better than it is. But those jobs are not going to be filled at this point because people like me couldn't take those jobs. So how do you answer that? Well, I mean, we have seen technology in the past five years move so quickly. And, you know, like, did you know that data scientist was named the sexiest job of the next like 10 years? Data scientists. Come on, you know, forget pilots and Hollywood stars, it's data scientists, because they're so in demand. There's hundreds of thousands of jobs for data scientists that can't be filled because people don't know what they're doing. I mean, so the question is, I mean, what do you do? Like, okay, so if if New York converts to self-driving cars, um, you know, what are those taxi drivers going to do? There's a taxi driver in New York that recently committed suicide um, because of his financial woes saw no way out. Uh, so it's, you know, super sad. Um, I, I think, you know, we just need to realize where we're headed and people are going to have to learn some new skills. And the last question, how did you like that tweet from Trump to Bob Iger? <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a good point. Um, I think we need to figure out and these media companies need to figure out what they're going to tolerate on both sides. And it can't be, it can't just be about race all the time. Like, you know, if somebody calls somebody a name, like Samantha B. called Ivanka Trump, um, you know, is that worthy of being fired? I mean, these guys got to figure this out. And by the way, I think that Samantha B. thing was all planned and um, it was scripted. It was recorded. I think she got the exact reaction she wanted. Um, I think social media is playing right into her hands. Everybody's talking about her, and it's going to boost her career. So I think this is a business decision on her part. Jane King, Lila Max, Media, The Continuing Report. Thanks so much. Always appreciate having you. Thanks, Tom. This is the Bubba Show, Top of all. Have a great weekend. We will see you back here. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. 